So obviously want to talk about the new single and the album and hit the DeLorean and go back in time a little bit and get your opinion on a couple things. But uh, should start with the uh, the here and now and go to hell. And, you know, initially when I got the, uh, the album in that song, I figured this is going to be more of a middle finger, but it's really kind of more about that uh, age old question of heaven versus hell. Technically, you know, a lot of people are, uh, you know, everybody's dying to get to heaven, man. But most of y'all, you got to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And certainly a, uh, a personal video for you in, in reference to your cousin who battled some demons and unfortunately didn't win. Yeah, you know, um, I'll see him in heaven. And, um, you know, he was a really great, amazing person. You know, I miss him, you know, very, very, very badly. And uh, ode to uh, Sean Scantlin. And uh, I don't know if he's in hell. I think he's probably in heaven. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because it got me thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Everyone does want to go to heaven, but some people are obviously going to go to hell for sure. Some people don't really want to go to heaven either, by the way. <laughs> Most do, but yeah, you were right. I'm sure there are plenty that uh, have no interest in going there and just want to go down south. It is what it is. Speaking of the album, I got to tell you, man, the tune that really jumped out to me that really affected me was Sunshine. That was my jam. And, you know, throughout this whole COVID thing and being locked up so much, I've taken a couple of moments here and there to just go stand out in the sun and, and have that sun beat down on you. And it's so, so invigorating. Yeah, when you go to jail, you get put into a cell and you don't get to talk to nobody and, uh, very frustrating mentally, very challenging. Um, yeah, so, you know, the little spark of sunshine actually, like, you know, is very, very uh, soothing to your, you know, to your soul, your mental state and stuff. So, yeah, it's good to have some sunshine, man. Vitamin D, right? Yeah, vitamin D, but I think it does something for the soul, too, and especially during these, these crazy COVID times where everyone is, you know, trapped in their home and stuff, and now the weather is getting cold again. Uh, that sunshine is so important, that brightness to have that future to look forward to. Yeah, it really heats you up. I mean, it actually warms your it warms your inner core, so that's, that's awesome. And certainly loving the tune, Uh-Oh, which is kind of the My Bad song and, and certainly an instant classic. When I heard that song and I, you know, I was a, a, a part of it, it was like, wow, that's really, really clever and really cool, you know? So I was on board the whole time. So that's, yeah, it's an amazing like, little jam. I love it. I love it. You know, wanted to go back to, uh, not too far back quite yet, but wanted to rewind to the last year in 2019 and Mudfest and uh, our radio station was presenting the show in Norco last October. Curious if you had any memories from that show or that tour and if it's something that you would want to do again. Of course, I will definitely do it whenever. You know, if it gets booked, I'll be there, believe me. <laughs> Did you like the idea of putting on your own festival? Because I think that's something that's kind of gone away over the last couple of years. We've lost a bunch of festivals. And I was like the idea of going to a, a festival and discovering bands that maybe you had heard of but not really heard and then falling in love with bands and discovering bands. And, you know, year after year, OzFest has gone away, Warp Tour, Mayhem Fest. So I kind of like the idea of festivals and discovering bands at them. Yep. I mean, that's basically the way it's going to go down um, with the Mudfest. Basically giving a, a really, you know, an amazing platform for, you know, new up-and-coming artists to get in front of, like, a really amazing crowd and, uh, you know, showing the people, the audience, their music. And I'm really seriously just trying to help other artists 
out, really letting them play these festivals and stuff. And uh, I'm not the only one doing it. There's a bunch of people that are doing it, festivals, you know, promoters and stuff like that. So it's really, really amazing because, you know, they're up and coming. And, you know, it's, it's really nice to have an awesome, you know, kind of a breakthrough, uh, you know, breakthrough time. It's amazing. Yeah, you know? and you get that cosign from a from an established band like yourself or someone else headlining the festival. You kind of get that cosign like, hey, if this band thinks that this band's cool, then I should think they're cool or at least give them a chance. Yeah, give them a shot, you know. You know, they're hungry, rocking and doing their music and stuff just like, um, you know, just like I've, I'm still doing, but, you know, just like, like I caught a break, you know, a couple times and, uh, and uh, you know, it's a special feeling, you know, because, you know, musicians and songwriters really, you know, they really, really like, you know, are, are just pulling the envelope out and, you know, going for it. And it's really nice and it's really promising to see, uh, see younger artists and stuff like that, um, you know, first severe and succeed you know yeah i look at it like sports kind of are you a sports fan you know what you're right you know there's a team thing going on there you know i mean the band is a team you know you practice your brains out with these people for actually no money you, know, you don't get compensated you don't get money little practice halls and stuff like that and people are seriously you know blood sweat and tears man some beers you know and it's just really really exciting to uh see other people succeed the way i look at things i'm Super happy that other artists, you know, get some recognition. Yeah, plus it's like it's like baseball. You got to have that minor league system, right? You got to have Metallica and ACDC and all these bands aren't going to be around forever. Like we kind of have to bring up the next generation of bands, so to speak. So I, I love that you're doing that and shining a light and, and giving younger bands this opportunity to grow. I got the avenue to do it. I'm definitely on board with helping out younger artists. You know, it's really nice to see them smile because they... It's a, it's a struggle, you know, and uh, and it's a great like little like path that they can get on. I'm gonna do everything I can to uh, make them feel good and smile. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. Wes, I wonder if we could uh, fire up the DeLorean, so to speak, and go back in time to to 20 years ago and come clean. And about this time, 20 years ago, you were in the midst of recording it, and kind of curious if you can take me back to then early December. How far along in the album were you? Did you break for Thanksgiving was there any pressure to get like the album done before Christmas kind of take me back 20 years ago now in recording that album I got a break from Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit Fred Durst is really really amazing Danny Wimmer is an amazing person Jordan Schur from Geffen Records and you know Jimmy Iveen from Interscope and everybody at Universal Entertainment you know gave a shot to it and it was just really um, it just really kind of just went together I gotta say thanks to all these people that helped the whole time crazy what danny is doing these days putting on festivals and and that side of the music game dude that guy is a force to be reckoned with man i mean that dude was side by side with me the whole way in the beginning and you know i love him you know we've had our differences but you know i, I seriously love him and his family and um, I'm, I'm super proud of him hopefully his his business and your business and the live music business all gets back to going but going back 20 years ago i how many songs did you go in with? Because it was kind of you and a, and a brand new band, right? Yeah. So basically, you know, I went to a Family Values concert with like Ice Cube and Limp Biscuit was playing and everybody's blowing up, corn blowing up, you know, everybody's having, you know, and, you know, I just, this friend of mine had a big stage backstage pass and I had a demo tape with me, like 30 songs on it. You know, I gave the demo tape to uh, Fred's security guard at the time and I told him, have fun throwing it away. Um, <laughs> fortunately, Fred 
Durst and uh, Danny Wimmer went to a pawn shop and purchased a ghetto blaster. Uh-huh. Yeah, just to play the demo tape. Um, <laughs> and they were cruising down the road, they say, and, you know, they were like, wow, dude, this is cool. So that's how that happened. And, uh, you know, I got called up when I was in Mobile, Alabama. I was dating this feature entertainer uh, dancer, as they say. You know, we were picking her daughter up, and then I got a phone call in the Super 8 Motel, and I basically ran around the hotel in my freaking boxer shorts, (laughs) screaming at people, and then I had to go to New Orleans uh, Airport to uh, fly to L.A. I guess the rest is history. But it still was a very, very challenging process to uh, reorganize the band because there really wasn't a band at that time. So, uh, yeah, I'm just really, really psyched still to this day that that actually happened like that, you know? Was Blurry and, and all those songs, were they on the demo or were those written in the studio? Yeah, Blurry actually used to be called Electron Moon. Ooh. Yeah, and some of the other songs were definitely just, you know, demos of, I was going over to this guy's basement to uh, record on like an 8-track and I was recording all kinds of different stuff. Danny Wimmer showed up. I really didn't actually have a band at that point, but he kind of like just sat there and stared at me. <laughs> and and I was like, kind of, you know, everybody else kind of got a little nervous. But he was like, okay, cool. And then, you know, he called Fred up and, um, you know, they just were like, yeah, we just need to have him come. So. You had mentioned the uh, dancing uh, girlfriend at the time. Was that the uh, inspiration for Control, or was that already written? Yeah, I mean, I used to pick her up at uh, a place called Bazookas, <laughs> which was a strip club. So she's a really great gal. I mean, she really actually like super awesome. I had a great time with her. I was kind of like a roadie when she was doing a little uh, dancer act type deals, and I was kind of setting it up, and she'd have, like, bowls of fire and stuff like that, and yeah, I think that's the last time I saw her. She was freaking really cool, man, and her daughter was super cool. It was fun to just jump up and down and start running around like a crazy freak. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Come Clean turning uh, 20 next year, or obviously if the world gets back to normal, is that something you're thinking about going out and touring and playing the album in its entirety and celebrating it that way? For sure. No problem. Yeah. Freaking be an honor. And uh, I'm just, it's amazing that this kind of insane thing has actually kind of just been like great, you know? And it wasn't just me, man. You know, teamwork makes the dream work, dude. <laughs> you know, one last thing on, on Come Clean, a funny enough looking at the uh, album cover and it kind of made me think like maybe it's time to do an updated photo on that kid on the cover kind of like with their nirvana cover <laughs> there's that f- yeah, photo like, floating that around kid? yeah dude, need to know? find that guy and have him drop his pants again <laughs> 20 years later well we had all the photos laid out there's different like ideas jacksonville florida and we were doing the, the control video and then fred durst laid out the eight by ten of maybe maybe not the the cover of the record it's kind of confusing Using when you're dealing with a lot of different opinions. Fred just went like, bingo, we're going to have a kid, you know, taking a leak <laughs> in some bush. And I was like, great. It's it hilarious. Funny. Especially yeah. with the album title, Come Clean. Yeah, that was, you know, that was the uh, Out of My Head uh, song. I was telling my uh, my really good friend, Bill McGathy with Indigate Entertainment, and mm-hmm. who has just blessed me with amazingness. 
as well as everybody else. Like, what do you want to call the record? You know, I was on the phone with him on some old, like, crazy cell phone. And I was just like, eh, come clean. And he's like, that'll work, man. You know, speaking of uh, mentioning Nirvana, want to go back to the 90s for a little second, a little music game I like to play with everybody I talk to, putting bands into category and kind of make you pick your favorite out of the, the category. Going back 30 years ago, to the early 90s and kind of what was ruling rock at that time for what I lovingly entitled the Flannel Five. You can kind of see where this is going. I'm curious, your numero uno, your absolute favorite, because they're all great, but I need to know your numero uno out of Nirvana, Pearl Jam, STP, AIC, or Soundgarden. I'm going to go Soundgarden on that, dude. Tell me why. Tell me why. Chris Cornell, what is it? Yeah, I mean, he just said shred, man. Those guys are just amazing. I mean, I seriously walk in circles before I go into the studio trying to kind of get a vibe and sing a little bit like Chris Cornell, but, you know, he's got a really insane voice. All of them are all wonderful artists and just simplified music, you know, in my opinion, where I didn't have to, like, worry about. And God bless Eddie Van Halen's, you know, life. I appreciate and I celebrate his life for reading, but I could not play any of the solos that, that Eddie Van Halen, even, you know. <laughs> not many can. You know, I still can't, no. <laughs> Just to put a button on the uh, on the Soundgarden thing, do you have a favorite Soundgarden song, one we should play on the radio for you? Burden in my hand. Oh, yeah, there we go. Beautiful. We'll rock that one for you. Last question I have for you, Wes, and kind of a a fill-in-the-blank question. When it comes to blank, I spare no expense. Getting outside of music for one second, what's the one thing outside of music that you have to have that you love? Food. Any any particular type of food, Mexican food, tacos? What are we talking here? I like carnitas burritos. Mm. Ooh. Or what about tamales getting into the holiday season here? Tamale, basically tamale season now. I mean, you got to have somebody that really knows what they're doing to do the tamales completely amazingly. But yeah, that's a special food, believe me. I just don't like the sticky tamales. I'm not sure if that's a thing, but Hmm. I like the the steamed ones that aren't so super sticky. Yeah, the ones that come in the husk and you unroll it out of the corn husk. Mm. Yeah, it's all nice and Steamed and fluffy. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I love I love tamales, actually. Seriously. Carna, carne asada is, is amazing. And, um, yeah, mashed potatoes and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow me on the socials at MikeZ967. Follow me. I'll follow you back. Lastly... Don't miss the show. Saturday nights at 11 p.m. Wired in the Empire on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in Southern California. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. Adios.